This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. All right, man, this is it. This is week 15, and I think we've mentioned this before, but weeks 15 through 17 is when we can win 15K. All we got to do is go 15 and 0. You know, if every game's 50 50, going 10 and 0 is 1 in 1,024. So 11 is 2,048. 12 is 4,096. 13 is 8,192. About, about 32,000. It's about 1 in 32,000 just by luck. Of course, we're highly skilled. So it's not I was going to say every, every game's like 40 60 with us. So that's yeah. even worse. But, I was going to say um, 90 10. <laughs> um yeah i looked into that you're right that is that does exist that that late season thing so it starts now so let's get serious and coming off a four in one week uh not bad and you know losing by the with the pats i mean you know it's a rarity and we actually got job that should have been an overtime that game not that the pats deserved anything but mm-hmm. there were some bad calls in that game because the chiefs went into a shell but, yeah, I hate you know, the whistle, man, on those fumbles. It just drives – that, that just is one of the things that drives me crazy. On These, these refs should swallow the whistle on, on, on possible fumbles. Yeah, well, also, how about that ref specifically watching for Nikhil Harry's feet being out of bounds <laughs> and then consulting him yeah. and him assuring the other refs that he was out of bounds, and then the replay clearly showing he wasn't. And, of course, there were no challenges left, so that was that. And you could as easily fix that, too. I think I saw a pro football talk to say that you on, on a play that would have resulted in a touchdown, you could just treat that as if, you know, re- automatically reviewable, like a scoring play, you know. I but mean, that's dangerous. But that's dangerous because yeah. there's always a presumption that the call on the field stands, so there's just going to be way more cheap touchdowns in that case. But in any event, we're doing well. We're over 500. We're 33 and 31 for the year in two, two pushes. Yeah, so yeah, not, not horrible. What did we finish last year, do you remember? Uh, better. We were like 45 and some, we were, we were probably like five games out of the money last year. I mean, five games is a lot. There's like probably a thousand teams within those five games, but right. Yeah. I know long shot, but we can, uh, yeah, just three weeks. Let's, uh, let's do this. I had a, I went 12 and four against a spread on the, uh, the, the fantasy pros one, but ours, we, I tied two, right. We pushed yep. in staff picks. Yeah. Um, so not, not bad there. So yeah, let's keep it, keep it going. Uh, how did you do in your fantasy teams? My NFFC is drawing dead. I had Brady at quarterback and, Mark Andrews, a tight end. I had, I had a lot of bad. So that team's dead. In the Waybus League, I, I only have five leagues, so there were two in the playoffs, and that one's dead. And then the Waybus League, we won. We got in. We ended up uh, winning only by five points, and we had Terry McLaurin going, and you saw how he caught his touchdown, right? Oh, we had one of the best catches. Yeah, so sick. Yeah. 
So that was nice. Ridiculous. Yeah. I have AJ Brown, McLaurin and, um, Metcalf in a dynasty league, um, all for like three bucks, five bucks, seven bucks or something, uh, something I'm pretty, uh, pretty fired up for that, uh, future. Um, the, so the NFFC league, uh, that just, that was just the payouts regular season. And then you're just going for the overall prize. That's it right now. Yeah. I mean, you have your money in there. You have your 700 in there. I, co- I already collected my 1500. No, no, I got that. Got that. But what I'm saying is the only thing you're playing for in the playoffs is the overall prize, right? Not, not anything else. Yeah. I don't think there's anything else in the yeah, okay. NFFC. No, there's, there might be a consolation round for my other team, but that team did crap anyway. So unfortunately I have Nick Chubb on that team. who keeps seeding work to uh, this guy named Kareem Hunt that I just couldn't foresee it. I mean, uh, how could this guy Kareem Hunt come back suddenly in week 10? It was such a surprise. And uh, he starts getting all the touchdowns and the reception. So it's, it's been tough on that team. Yeah, yeah. Well, so I was just asking because you have 10 points more. So that doesn't matter because you say you're drawing dead just because you need to, you need to have an awesome uh, thing because I mean, all you're playing for is I'm going to set my lineup. But first right. off, I've got my two tight ends are Andrews and Greg Olson, both of whom were injured. Maybe Andrews will play tomorrow. Uh, maybe Olson will play Sunday if Andrews doesn't. But so I may have no tight end. I lost Mike Evans. So, you know, and I, Will Fuller, who's, uh, you're totally worried about Will Fuller, what a flat yeah, he was. I know. So you're able to make those lineup decisions. You're just staying up. At the, what, what hours are you doing that? Oh, you mean, what do you mean? Oh, you mean for Thursday yeah, night? I guess it would be at night. Yeah. It's like midnight. It's like midnight. Yeah. It'll come out. It's not that late. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, but that team, it had such a, it had like 110 points or something last week. I mean, it's, you know, there's three, there's 660 teams in the playoffs. I mean, the, the odds to get 110 point week and outscore on a three week span uh, all those other teams is is almost zero. I mean, I'm going to set the lineups. Maybe I'll have two 200 point weeks and win, but it's uh, increasingly unlikely. Gotcha. And to circle back, I really do not feel an argument in the mood to argue. But the Chubb thing, just your just premise is just so so silly that uh, it's like you know, your process was wrong of drafting Chubb because he lost a goal line carry in week 15. I mean, but what about the well, process was of a goal line carry in week 14? He's lost several touchdowns to, to Hunt. I mean. What was better, worrying about Barkley's situation or, 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 or no, him losing or, or Chubb totally losing wrong. carry? To- totally backward. There was nothing specific to worry about with like Alvin Kamara or Barkley, those guys. Nothing specific to worry about with Barkley. There was absolutely something to worry about. It was their, their offense that was terrible. Remember our bet we made about their, their offense? Remember that? Yeah, but last year the offense had Eli Manning and it was terrible. And he was the oh, number they one. Had back. Odell Beckham Jr. Okay, never mind. We're not going to get into you, this. You think Odell Beckham Jr. last year who missed four games is the and reason they had Barkley was good? One year, they had Eli Manning one year older, or more likely a quarterback that looked like was a horrific draft pick that didn't turn out to be, it looks like, uh, on paper, uh, yeah, that was going to get the majority of the it, starts. The, the it looks like a significant the, downgrade. The reason that Barkley was bad, the reason Barkley did not have a good year was first he got hurt, which is everybody. Nick Chubb was their injury risk, Barkley, everybody. And the other reason he wasn't good was that their offensive line could not run block at all. But that was the one area that actually sunk some serious resources into. So there was no reason to think the Giants' run blocking would be worse than last year, which actually improved as they got some of the guys playing better at the end of last year. That guys like Kamara or Barkley or David Johnson or Bell didn't pan out, that's fine. Those guys ended up being busts. But in terms of process, that's you didn't know that at the time unless you had like david johnson ranked in the seventh round you did not know what was going to happen with those guys so if you moved chubb to fourth overall knowing that he was going to be 
you know, a shell of his former self in the second half of the season, that to me was bad process. Not knowing for sure, but knowing it was likely that there was a real issue that was not maybe, that was definite. That's what I was saying. There, there was evidence that Barkley struggled with stacked boxes, and he might be looking at a lot of those uh, moving forward. But obviously, maybe he, if he doesn't hurt his ankle, maybe he goes crazy. No, on the lead. I actually uh, think you're correct. I actually think that the offense is what sunk him. I mean, he hurt his ankle, and so for a few weeks he was out, and then he was kind of half himself. But he was totally himself the last couple of games, and he still didn't do much. And it was a combination of the Giants' run blocking just being so horrific that he, he's met in the backfield every time he touches the ball. And then also... Danny Dimes doesn't check down. He likes to throw down the field. That's not because he's bad. It's just because he's aggressive. But that all that kind oh, yeah. of stuff is just – that wasn't like – you know, that, that stuff to me was very sort of random. I mean, the, the hunt was just a fact that he was coming back. But I also think you're also, again, underrating just how much the Browns hit their lowest possible range of outcomes on those first 10 weeks as well, too, as an offense. I just think – I think that they could have went much differently, too, the, the, the Browns situation. But what – I do want to ask you about the Pats, man. What, what are your thoughts on what's going on here? Because I'm, I'm actually really surprised at the latest reports that it's just going to be, it's not going to be a lot of punishment because give me a break. Like, aren't people going to be outraged? I mean, normally I don't give a shit about off the field stuff, but if they're just outright cheating, is that just what they've been better at all this time is just having those little edges, just flat out knowing stuff that, that other teams don't. I mean, it, it, I don't know. What are your thoughts? To me, this has to be something. So here are my thoughts. I don't know if they cheated in this particular case and we can lay out the pros and cons. But the, the, the craziest thing is they've covered 58% of the time or something like that since 2001. Now, a team could be successful for 20 years just because they're very smart, they're very diligent, they know what they're doing, they have all kinds of edges. They could be successful for 20 years, and it, there would be no need for any explanation except that they were better at their jobs than the other people. But when a team beats the spread for 20 years... Now you're not just better than everybody else. You're better than expectations, which are now very high. So you already, you're better than people, so you have high expectations, but you're be- they keep raising the bar and you keep beating it. So what it means is the models that take into account your production and your opponent's production and crunch that into a spread have been missing something this whole time with the Patriots. They've been, they, there's some variable that they're missing. And even Rufus Peabody does not know what that variable is. He, and he looks very hard to find, like, what are the typical variables? And, you know, he would, he would say something like, well, we don't really know why. and there, there might be something we're missing. But it could be that there's some intangible thing that we can't quite quantify. Who knows? But the Occam's Razor explanation after they've been busted a few times is they're fucking cheating. They know what the plays are. That would give them better than performance expectations in a given game. In the key situations, they know what's going on, right? They're going to, on third down and whatever, they're, they're going to they're gonna convert. Or on third down from the other team, they're going to have this crazy red zone defense that's disproportionately good. They're going to have a crazy ratio of touchdowns allowed to yardage allowed because they're going to bust out their cheat code when they need it most probably. So that would be a very simple explanation for why they've covered a 58%. Okay. So that there's just that Two, They've obviously cheated before they've been busted for it. So we know they would, they're willing to do it. And then three, you know, we can get into the details of this particular accusation. And, and, you know, again, I, I don't even think it's that important to, we're not, we're never going to know. But I do think that these reporters carrying water for them, oh, they're just making a documentary 
oh yeah, that in-season documentary they're shooting about their scouts. That's a that's a super important thing for them to do. I'm sure Belichick would really want that to be going on. You the know? fact and, they and have the same excuse, exact excuse ready on you know from the last time this happened. That's written in the same report. You know from years ago they had that excuse ready. Anyway, continue. Oh, right, of course. And if you're going to do this shit, of course you can have a cover story. And then someone else was carrying water for them, some athletic reporter for the Patriots, and he was like. You know, morons, they, they, they don't signal, they say it into the headset. There's no benefit for filming them on the sidelines at all. And you can watch the same footage from your, you know, game pass footage if you want to check out the coach's tape on that. Okay, I don't know about all that. It's possible. So then why did the employee uh, call security if there's nothing to worry about? If, the hand, if there's no hand signals, nothing to observe, why would he care? that they were even there. Why would he call security? And why, according to a different ESPN reporter, Diana, she said Rossini, maybe her name is Diana Rossini. I don't really know the ESPN reporters that well, but she said something like the, the guy was like, okay, I can just delete this if you want. Why would he say that if he, if he was filming a documentary? So again, that's hearsay. I'm not sure that that's, you know, not hearsay, but that's uh, un, it was an unnamed source said that that's what the conversation was. So who knows how solid it is. You know, just these reporters being like, oh, there's nothing to see here. And then yeah. I was seeing these takes on Twitter that was like, I don't care if the Patriots cheated. They're smarter and they work harder than you and work harder than the other teams. And so who gives a shit? You know, stop hating on them. It's sort of like, oh, wait. So if you're successful, you're allowed to cheat. And anybody that complains that you're cheating is just some loser hater who's, to me, that's... That's a sick way of looking at things, but I actually think it's a symptomatic way of looking at things with society. It's like, oh, Bill Gates, you know, the Bernie Sanders thing that we built. Oh, Bill Gates, you know, he earned his billions. Oh, who cares? Strong arm tactics and all the shady shit he did with Microsoft and the antitrust suit. Don't be a hater. So, okay, fine. So cheating's cool as long as you're successful. Yeah, no, that is super annoying. I mean, of course, the Patriots are, are obviously great and, 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 and top of their field and everything. But this would be super annoying if it turned out they were cheating all along. I mean, it would be so listening to Bill Simmons talk to Klosterman and just being like, I love people with these hypotheticals, just saying that why would, uh, would they go to these lengths and risk this getting caught for such a small advantage? It's like, we don't know. Maybe it didn't help them at all, but we definitely don't know that it's such a small advantage. Maybe it actually is a very big advantage and it has helped them. And your 58% thing is probably the best evidence yet because it's talking about the market i mean yeah there can be a dynasty with the best coach and quarterback but it's beating the market expectations over that length that really is the best evidence that something something was not right here and no one could pinpoint it and And maybe the evidence was just in front of us here now i mean it's just it's i don't know it is kind of annoying oh we know it's just a slight edge why for such you don't know what the edge is we have no idea belichick's not doing it for his health he's only doing it because he thinks it's worth doing if they're, if they're doing it, they're doing it for a reason. They're not just doing it because, oh, I need to get a .001% edge. Yeah, they wouldn't right. do it in that case. They, they think there's a real edge in knowing people's plays. That, that's just a small edge. That's a gigantic edge, especially in the right times. Just, but just the idea that, that the rules and the laws are for the plebes and the the elites the successful the geniuses that doesn't apply to them like so you know, the, the way we've done things just in general is just sort of like you know laws are for the plebs i mean the law is fucking harsh if you steal like a petty theft pickpocketing stealing a car it used to be if you're smoking a j on the street smoking crack something you know an individual crime it was fucking harsh you went to jail for a long time just for smoking crack selling a dime bag of crack if you violated those laws you were you were really it was a serious thing it was a life-altering mistake 
Whereas like when rich people do stuff, it's like, Oh, he goes to rehab for a while. Yeah. He has a problem. It's like, it's so crazy. And, and just that attitude of like, well, if the Patriots are doing it, who, who are you? You plebe to, you know, to accuse them. I don't even care if they cheated. They're so great that it doesn't even matter. It's like, that's a warped way of thinking. Yeah, no, I haven't, I don't go, like I said, I don't go on his Twitter as much, but uh, that, so there was a lot of that, I'm sure. And I'm sure there was a lot of crazy takes, but I can't wait to see the, the, the aftermath. There's gotta be some either way. If they don't only get a slap on the wrist, there's gotta be some outrage. And, you know, otherwise they were, they were fined pretty heavily and, and all this stuff. This is like the third strike. So what do you expect the NFL to do? I know. I, I, I don't do know because thing, I don't, right? of course, I don't know for sure that this is even a thing. It's possible that this bullshit sounding cover story is something they were doing. It's possible or it's possible. It is a bullshit cover story, but nobody can prove that it wasn't because they did a good job of making it plausible enough. You know, I'm, I'm really interested in this documentary. I'm so fascinated by these scouts, by the mm-hmm. way, I'm sure it's a work of art, but whatever this bullshit is, it's hard to speculate on when the NFL will do, but I guess if you're saying, assuming that the NFL has the goods on them, that like it was clear that they were filming illegally is I, I guess yeah. you're asking. Yeah. Yeah. Assuming that's the case. And they were like, there was an obvious willingness to cheat and somehow they, you know, he was sent there and they trace it back. I mean, I think they'll lose their draft. Maybe they'll get fined. I don't think they'll keep them out of the playoffs. That would be awesome. If they just kept them out of the playoffs, bills win the AFC East. They just sort of put a, you know, bracket around the Patriots this year. Nobody would miss them. They're fucking unwatchable. I mean, only Ted <laughs> so Bell would miss them, but like they, they are like the most unwatchable team. I mean, I would, I think it would be more interesting if the Titans got in or something instead. Yeah, no, I would be severe to losing an entire draft. That would that would be uh, that would that's not as severe that. though as missing the playoffs. I think. I mean, yeah, just being. True, yeah. I mean, that's like a real punishment. Yeah. No, for sure. Yeah, one one more immediate in the future, but yeah, both would be severe. We'll see though. It sounds to me like it might be not much at all. But you're right. right. What do I know? What they really have or whatever, and and, right. and how they have what to prove it shows. I mean, I totally yeah. For sure. It's, it's more fun to just jump to conclusions. So, um, all right. Well, yeah, no, I'm with you there. It's a little definitely annoying, and uh, I call shenanigans for sure, obviously, Occam's Razor. Uh, do you have anything else in your mind for either the game's hot stove talk, Garrett Cole, on your Yankees? What are your thoughts? I mean, baseball's kind of ridiculous with, like, the no salary cap and no salary floor, and, like, there's, like, six teams every year that have, like, a realistic shot. You know, there's probably, like, 12, and it gets whittled down to six, and it's usually going to be the Yankees, the cheating Astros, the nationals the dodgers the red sox seem like they're for some reason maybe they've their owners come upon hard times but they're trying to shed salary there's usually like you know four four to six core teams and then like a few upstarts like the white Sox or somebody or the reds might make a run so i don't know the yankees fan it's kind of like yeah it's cool i like garrett cole but it's, it's hard to be excited about it the way i was about that like jeter posada rivera pettit bernie williams you know, that, that squad that was like homegrown and then they added the free agents. Yeah. My San Francisco giants just bought like paying for Zach Cozart for the last year, bought their first year angels, first round pick last year. And, um, got a, some emails from labor. So, it, you know, a little bit more in fantasy baseball mode now, but, uh, certainly not quite there yet. Fantasy baseball. I'm looking for, I mean, it's hell yeah. fantasy baseball, but I'm yeah. looking forward to it a little bit. <laughs> I like the yeah, draft. So tell you love it though. You love it. You, you I love hate the it. season itself. I just like the, I just love the draft season. I love March. I just think it's so fun to draft those teams. Oh, for such sure. a fun fantasy sport. And, I just love the NFBC. I, I just like the whole thing of it. The actual grind of it kind of sucks. It's not really fun at all. But, you know, it's fun when you're in contention, I guess. But 
a lot of it's just fucking drudgery, you know, like the, the work you have to do Sunday night in baseball and just going through every roster and being like, Oh, this guy got some at bats today. Who the hell is he? Let me look up his minor league stats. Like, I don't know. I'm just a little burnt out on that. I just, I just love the draft and assembling the team. And then I, I really wish I could hire someone competent to just do it all for me. Totally. Yeah. That's why I think that's partially why I blow all my fab on those leases. Can't, can't, can't handle it. Can't um, handle it. I'm, I'm with you. I just can't, I can't yeah. handle it. It's um, just, it's but, not, you know, it's sunny night, you know, I mean in, in LA when I'm there in the summer and it, you know, in Portugal it's, it's better. It's midnight, but it's like, we travel a lot. We're in London or Milan or somewhere. And I'm like, you know, we're just got back from dinner and I've had a bunch of wine. And I'm like, Oh fuck, I got to sit down for like two hours and focus, seriously focus on this. It was a sunny night, you know, I'm relaxed. I don't want to do this shit. It's just work. It's adding work. And I got invited to that Justin Mason league. Do you do the Justin Mason league? Yeah, I do that. Yes. Okay. So it's, it's obviously a good league and I'm always jealous every year when I hear everybody's picks and you know what, who's in their league. And it's like a expert, you know, just for people who don't know it, it's, it's sort of like an NFBC style league, but it's just for like, it's invite only. So it's like a lot of industry people and it's, you know, a big tournament. I don't know how many, there's 500 people in it or something, but, uh, Rotowire guys won the first two years. It was first, it was uh, Clay Link, and then it was Todd Zola last year. So we're 2-0 and with a huge field. And every time you guys draft and talk about it, I, I'm jealous, but he, he emailed me. He's like, hey, you want to be in it? And I'm like, ah, it sounds like a great, I know it's a great league, but I just can't, I just don't want to do more work, man. I just don't want the work. It's, it's too much. It's too boring. I, I'm going to have a few NFBC leagues, and I'm going to drop out of my home league. I already dropped out of friends and family. Yeah. I'm going to have like four or five leagues, I think, this year. The draft is fun, though. Actually, going to do the Rotowire Clay. Speaking of, asked me to be in the Rotowire uh, draft for the magazine, but it's right after we record this, and like during my uh, daughter's basketball game, I have to take her too, and she's balling this these days, so yeah. can't miss that. Garrett Cole, I would have been interested uh, putting him number one in the debate overall if you went to the NL. As is, do you have thoughts on the? I've seen a bit of chatter uh, on on inter, on the interwebs of Acuna versus Trout. Do you have any thoughts? Fantasy baseball pick number one. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to commit to it. You got to have to look into it more. But I probably take Acuna, probably. Yeah. We I always go younger upside the bags. Yeah, he's a little like Betts in that, like he might. Who knows what kind of swings he'll have? That's it. The year. bags, I said. The bags. He'll no, no, no. No, I heard you said bags. I, okay, I just so said I was just thinking about Mookie Betts, like how he was kind of right there with Trout last year. But then, no I mean, not like he didn't score 150 runs or whatever he scored. But Trout is like every single year. He gets banged up a little, but it's like every year without fail. And so like these other guys, who knows if they can sustain this like for this long. But who are you taking third is I think a more interesting question. Yeah, no, you're right. Betts couldn't uh yeah, he couldn't couldn't repeat. So interesting too. Yeah, I haven't even looked into it much. Uh man, I don't know. Who who is it? Is it is it Betts? Who is it? I think Yelich is going third. Yeah, yeah, Yelich is pretty big. Yeah, he was a monster in that park. Yeah, probably would yeah. It'd be tough to argue against Yelich. That makes sense. But so it's like usually uh, Trout, Cunha, Yelich, and then Betts, I think, is could be fourth. Yeah. And then, you know, then you have, you, you're going to take a pitcher. I think I would take DeGrom pitcher. over Cole, though, this year, next year. Yeah. Probably Bell, what, Bellinger goes probably soon after. I wouldn't take Bellinger that early. I don't know. I, I'd like to see another year from him. And I don't know about the bags with him. So yeah. I'm not sure. All right, man. You want to get to these uh, weeks? Or do you have, what do you want? To, anything else you want to touch on? First? I got some stuff. We can I'll leave it to later. the end. We can we can push okay. it to the end. All right, cool. All right, okay. Thursday night, uh, Jets plus fourteen and a half at Ravens. I took the points, but I don't feel strongly here. You? Yeah, I took the Ravens, but I don't feel strongly. I just was like, 
I made it 16 and a half, but you know, Lamar Jackson, that's a little bit of a, looks like he's going to play, but makes me a little bit nervous. Yeah. I mean, Ravens are so good. I have their D's my number one D of the week. So I wouldn't be surprised at all if they cover uh, bucks minus three and a half at Detroit. Um, I uh, took the home dog here. I, I kind of like it halfway, but whatever. Winston's so volatile. What do you think? Yeah, I, I took the lines, but I made it exactly three and a half. So I'm not really on it. Uh, by the way, you know, our unanimous picks went four, one and one last week. We're 21, 11 and one. 21, 11 and Strong. two, something like that. Strong. On unanimous picks. Yeah, so the lines were a unanimous pick, just for what it's worth. Interesting. All right. No Mike Evans here. Um, all right, next one. Eagles minus four and a half at Redskins. I'm tired of backing the Eagles. Just what a joke. Uh, give me the points, even though I always worry about uh, QB with Haskins there. So you've retired DVOA finally from your <laughs> Well, no, no, just because they're wrong, and you just remember the ones they're wrong on. What if, what if, they, what if they're right on a lot of other areas? I can't just... remember. I just remember like them saying that there's no way the Giants would beat the Patriots in that Super Bowl and all this stuff. Like the Redskins, a decent amount. I would use them. I think four and a half. Come on, who are the Eagles to go on the road at four and a half? I mean, they could barely beat the Giants at home. Yeah. No, I know. They're, they're Lane bad. Johnson's now hurt. You know, Jeffrey's out. Now they got yeah, no Jeff's receivers. Out too. Yeah. Yeah. No, McLaurin's such a baller. He's so and, good. Uh, really, too bad Geist isn't there too. But uh, yeah, okay. Sure. I'll mark that one down. Yeah, uh, Bears plus four, plus four and a half at Green Bay. Um, yeah. I, I like Chicago here in the points. Uh, maybe uh, Trubisky is kind of turned a corner. It's possible. What do you think? I think Trubisky and Nagy have turned a corner. Like Trubisky was running last week, and that's what he needs to do. I liked it. I made it three and a half, so I'm on the Bears. If you want to use it, we can. Rufus Peabody, I think, made the Bears a slight favorite. He his model does not like the Packers. I'm looking at you. You picked him to win too in your picks. I, well, I, um, after I heard that, I just got bold. But I really, I actually yeah, yeah, would have probably made it. Uh, I, I never. Like, looked you know what? I may as well go on. But it's going to be really freezing there. Uh, it's going to be super cold. Just so that probably helps the Bears, but it's kind of hard to say. It might just make things kind of strange. Yeah, I'm not sure if Aaron Rodgers is still a super duper star, really. Um, I don't know. Something's weird with that team. And I don't know if it's weird. It kind of coincides with Devontae Adams returning. That offense has really struggled somewhat. But um, okay, I'll mark that one down, possibly. Uh, this one I really like, too. It's weird, though. Uh, Patriots minus nine and a half at Cincinnati. I mean, am I crazy for liking the Bengals? Kind of a lot here. I, their defense really is just playing better. And that offense, as you said, dreadful new england i i get it they're the pages maybe they'll be fired up to prove the world they're not cheaters but i like cincy here and i would use this all right i'm on board uh, i like cincy i made a six and a half patriots suck i mean their offense is terrible and if they're not able to cheat the Bengals will probably switch some things up <laughs> whatever they're doing they'll switch something up this week just in case okay texans plus three at titans uh i took the, the home team but this line is exactly what it should be in my mind so Stay away. From yeah, me. I took the Texans, but I, I'm not sure. I have a Texans feeling, a bounce back feeling, but nothing. I'm not. Yeah, you know what the sense. reason? I don't like that Derrick Henry's banged up. That dude is yep. like what makes the Titans go, and with, without him, 100, percent I don't like him. Yeah, the thing is, maybe he's been doing it the last month, the same same health status. But yeah, what about uh, how funny is it? Tannehill uh, going nuts, white right. without any sacks after you went crazy. What, did you read? Did it. you read the East Coast offense yeah. this week? Yeah, it's pretty funny. I, yeah. I, mentioned, I was like, let's just forget about Tannehill because now he's first, <laughs> no matter regardless. So I did that, that whole thing. Yeah, but yeah, 
All right, Seahawks minus six at Carolina. I took Carolina 10 a.m. game. Seattle was the lowest. Uh, they kept I kept going against them to my detriment, but they were the lowest point differential for a 10-win team ever, I guess, entering last week. But they'll probably bounce back. Panthers might just be one of the worst, and their yeah. run DVOA is like last. So Chris Carson without Penny, I mean, he could go crazy here. So I do not feel strongly. But yeah, I, I, I kind of like the Seahawks. I, I, we don't have to use them if you if you have the Panthers. I, I don't, well, I don't like feel strongly the, though. Body clock, yeah, but. I think the Panthers have packed it in and the Seahawks need to get well win. And the combination of those two things, I think that Ron Rivera and on the XM show, I compared him to Saddam Hussein, not that he's uh, not morally speaking, but just in the sense that like, you know, the U S is like, all right, Saddam Hussein, we gotta, we gotta overthrow him. So they get rid of him. And then the whole thing fucking just devolves, right? Or, you know, Gaddafi or something, Libya is like a disaster. You can't just make regime change unless you have like a succession plan his team wasn't very good for the last couple of years, but that was like the guy holding it together. It seemed like, and as soon as he yeah. left, it just got even worse. There's like just zero cohesion. So I'm going with the Saddam Hussein play and taking so, the Seahawks. Supposedly, supposedly the owner didn't want to like look for his replacement behind his back. So he thought it was like the honorable thing to do. No, no, to I, hire him. Yeah. And you give but him that more time to find what it. you're saying for sure. I, I got, yeah, you. no, I, I don't think there's anything nefarious and it's fine. I mean, he was going to be, he'd been there long enough. I, it seemed like he was like a glue that held it together. They respected him. They played hard for him. And then when you get rid of that, there's just like all hell breaks loose. Fair enough. I can see McCaffrey having a nice game bounce back game at home. But, sure. um, if we don't, if we have it struggling with games, I have no problem with you fighting for that okay. one at all. That was a on the fence one for me. Broncos plus nine and a half. Another one on the fence for me at chiefs. Um, I took the points here. Maybe drew locks the real deal, but keep waiting for the chiefs to have one of those crazy games. But I took the points. I took the points and I liked it. Like I made this line like six and a half or something. Yeah. I think that the Chiefs didn't. Chiefs won in uh, Foxborough, which nobody can do. But I felt like that game did not reflect well on the Chiefs or the Patriots. And the Broncos look like they're legit. Like they they're having fun. Their the youth movement looks good. So that's also a unanimous pick this week. By the way, the Broncos. Yeah, I know if Locke is something that's interesting. That defense and good thing Fant doesn't look like suffered a serious injury. Um, all right, you like that one? Uh, makes sense. It, it makes sense. I've, I've liked the Broncos the last few weeks. Seems like Dolphins plus three and a half of the Giants. I don't know what I was thinking. I switched to the Giants and then laid the points here. I actually, honestly, crazy it sounds. I thought they might be reaching their breaking point of losing Parker too, as far as weapons. But he might even return. And um, uh, I don't know what, what am I thinking, but I just look across and it's like suddenly the Giants have Slayton and Shepard. And what if Ingram returns and Tate and I expect Barkley? I, I think I ranked number two among my backs this week. So I could kind of see them going crazy for whatever reason here offensively, too. They could, but their defense does not stop the pass at all. And they can't run block. They can't really pass protect. And the Dolphins are... <laughs> Other than that. Other than that, they're fine. All they can do is they, they stop the run okay. But the Dolphins can't run anyway. And the Dolphins are game. Like, they're up for a game. You know, they're up to take people on. Giants, obviously, were up yeah, for the Eagles game. Points so there. they hadn't mailed yeah. it in, and there was a little bit of nostalgia for people with Eli Manning. Maybe at home, they'll probably boo his ass when he throws a terrible pick. <laughs> but he's awful. I don't know. I, I just think, this. at worst, this should be three. I, I actually made it a pick before the Monday night game, and then I moved it back to, like, three-ish when uh, the Giants showed up, but three and a half is too much. We'll see. Yeah, you're probably right. It probably should just be three. We'll see fits in the cold weather. It hasn't been nearly as good on the road this year. Jacksonville plus six and a half at Oakland. This is one of the toughest ones for me to pick. I ultimately took the points, 
but it's like Oakland's last home game ever, which is weird that it's already the last home game. Didn't they have a stretch of like eight weeks earlier yeah. this year without playing a home game? How does that all do the math work? Well, I out guess there, one but, of their home games was in London. So that, yeah, I know, use that I up. But, so, uh, so, but uh, anyway, so, I took the points, but don't, don't like this one at all. You, I took the, I made it six thinking I was going to be on the Raiders. Cause I was like, Ooh, it's the last game. I'll make this one six. It should be like three, but I'll make it six. Cause it's their home game and it's six and a half. And I was like, all right, I guess the market just wants that Oakland last game more than I do. These are both terrible teams. Did you hear about that thing I was talking about on the radio with these two teams? Which one? Which thing? I'm not, I'm not sure. Okay, so there's this guy who emails me from time oh, to time. Oh, yes, every, yes, right? yes, go ahead. He, like, scrapes all the data from the Super Contest, and he tells me, like, who's on the – He's this guy's named Clint Fegan. He always tells me, like, who the winners are on, who the losers are on in the contest, and so on. And I guess he's, like, got a bunch of sports, you know, betting friends. And one of his friends, this guy's name is uh, Mike Hawk or Hauk. And this guy like just studies this stuff all day long. And he found a, a screener, you know, like a stock screener is like, you know, I want something that's like this, but doesn't have this. So if there's a team that's won fewer than six games the previous season, they're 0 32 against the spread when they allow more points than expected in each of their last two games. So they, they give up more than their implied total. And then they're off a double digit loss in the previous game in which they did not have both a hundred yards rushing and, 250 yards passing for some reason that cri- that set of criteria is 32 and oh now 32 and oh you think oh well, i mean come on it's just a bunch of you know that stupid trend garbage right like oh they're 16 and three when playing the nfc east like who cares but to go 32 and oh is one in four billion more than one in four billion <laughs> but okay that's pretty good but rufus peabody always says don't just look for you know whatever the hell happens to have a crazy correlation like know what you're looking for in advance and see if it correlates because there's so many billions of permutations of these kind of things more than 250 more than 300 more than 100 less than 100 temperature this loss last year wins fewer than this that if you just throw everything and see what sticks at 32 and 0 like you might just find something that randomly sticks that randomly was the right. one in 4 billion because there's 4 billion permutations of the stuff you're looking through so this right. is sort of the oh this is the 32 and 0 one but 32 and 0 is so crazy that I I just mentioned it but unfortunately there's two teams that qualify as the Owen 32s. Do you know what two teams those are this week? That meet I'm those just, criteria? Yeah. <laughs> Is it these two teams? It's the teams playing each other. So it's going to go 33 and 1 or 33 0 and 2. And two. <laughs> 32 0 and 2 because it, it, they're playing each other. Wow, that's pretty funny. No, I, I always try to not ignore, obviously, when you just talk about history and stuff. But that's interesting when you're just bringing up that many for that big of a sample. But uh, that was so many qualifiers, though, it'd be hard to ever even really utilize it. But uh, yeah, no, interesting. Well, it happened last week. There were three, and it went three and zero. It was twenty nine and zero. And right. last week there were three, and it went three and zero. Anyway. Uh, so anyway, Jacob's back would certainly help, but uh, yeah, this was a, this is probably a st- who knows with Jacksonville. Yeah, I'm not touching um, this. I'm a chart not too. Yeah, Browns minus two and a half at uh, Arizona. I nearly made this my best bet. I really like the Cardinals here. What do you think? So the Cardinals were one of the three teams last week that met the criteria and lost, and they w- and they weren't this week because the Steelers didn't score enough points to put them you know put them in that category. But I took the Cardinals easily. The Browns laying points on the road. Come on, the, the Cardinals are terrible, but this should be a pick 'em at worst. Yeah, no, I was, I'm marking that down to see if you would use it because uh, I would use it myself. Um, yeah, that, the, I think I heard you ask uh, Mayfield versus Brady on XM. Were you debating that? Yeah, I mean, it's for that league that's dead, but uh, 
I'm going to go Mayfield. Yeah, I was going to tell you that. I have Mayfield, for whatever it's worth, I have him like eighth and Brady 18th or something much higher. Uh, I would go Mayfield. This, could, this does seem like a good uh, Also, good better weather. Shootout. Yeah. Think of the, think of the yeah. weather, too, like in Arizona versus in Cincinnati. Yeah, and I have a lot of guys ranked high in that game exactly. So, um, all right, this next one I think is what's tough. Vikings minus two and a half at Chargers. I took Minnesota, but that uh, that could be definitely the sucker side. I took the Chargers, you? but I'm, I'm always wrong with the Chargers, them. and I'll never use the Chargers in the Super Contest again as long as I live. <laughs> yeah, okay. That's an interesting one. All right, Falcons plus 11 at my 49ers. A lot of uh, injuries uh, in this game on both sides. I originally just, you know, flexibly go with my Niners. I thought about it. That's a lot of points. Um, Niners are banged up. They just two really like traveling East coast. They're tired. Uh, maybe a letdown game. So I took the points. It's so sick. This is the only easy game they have between green Bay at Baltimore at new Orleans uh, at Seattle and against the Rams. That's just yeah. a brutal stretch. And uh, this is the easy game. So it is a letdown game, but I still laid the wood. Uh, the Falcons are missing Marcus Trufant, their best cover corner. Devonta Freeman got hurt. Calvin Ridley's out for the year. I mean, they're they're pretty banged up too. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, yeah, and that next upcoming game, the Rams. It's a Saturday night game too. They three games. I like how they move that in Week 16. So, did you watch the uh, the bridge version or anything of the Niners Saints? Man, it was so weird being so intense at 10 a.m. for a game that like that was one of the best regular season games of the decade. Just so so good. It was pretty good. There's this kind of a ref show, like that use check. Yeah, the bullshit refs. That the refs are annoying. It's like so bad. Like he's like grabbing his head. He's fine. Fifteen yard penalty should have been a field goal. I thought the Niners were the better team, but I thought there was a lot of ref stuff that distorted it. I guess in the end, Kittle was such a beast and and put them on his back and won the game for him, and that was amazing. Uh, it was a good game. It, it was it was a really good game. The refs distracted a little for me, but I, I enjoyed it for sure. I guess there's second team in NFL history to allow that many points on the road and win most points ever by two 10 win teams. Um, first time in like more than a decade that both teams covered crazy because the Niners entered with such a historical D, but breeze at home. It was a fun game and a uh, crazy uh, implications, but um, what do you mean? They, both teams uh, covered? What do you mean that? Sorry, they covered the over. Both teams went over. Oh, individually. They each went over. Individually yeah, went it. over. My bad. That's pretty fun. Um, all right. Uh, Rams minus Real, one. Real man takes yeah. the under. Real man took the under on that game. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, it was over 20 minutes in Rams minus one at Cowboys. When this opened at my at, at Cowboys minus three and a half, I, I marked it down immediately. Rams, my best bet. And of course it's moved that much. I, that's crazy. But um, yeah, so give me the Rams still, but I don't love it. Much. They're my best bet. We're using. Them. Okay. All right. Well, Dude, sure. Okay. No problem. If, yeah. if the Rams lose this game, the season's over for them. And I don't want to let, you know, motivation is not always the best barometer, but if the Rams lose this game, it's over. They can't win. They can't catch the Vikings. There's no way. If the Cowboys lose this game, they just beat the Eagles next week. They still win the East. The Cowboys are such nutless monkeys. They still have an out. The Rams have no outs. They're playing their asses off. They've got the offense working again. The defense is suddenly really good. It's a lot easier to play defense when your offense isn't three and out and you're moving up and down the field. The Cowboys are coached by a total nutless monkey. I just, you know, whatever. I could be wrong. The Cowboys are a talented team. They have the players that are good enough to be a Super Bowl contender. But whatever that is, they're not. You know, I mean, whatever they should be, they're not. And I, I just, the Rams are going to win this game, man. They got to win this game. Yeah, no, no, totally. I actually did mark four, four games I liked the most this week. I actually did mark them still. So totally on board with you there. Um, they, they just seemingly turned a corner. It's weird how they use Cooper Cup a lot less 
last week. But Higby's been a monster. Uh, Bills plus two at, at Pittsburgh Sunday night. I actually ended up making Pittsburgh my best bet, but I keep fading Buffalo. They actually were, you know, impressed me in, in their loss last week, but Steelers defense is so good. And at home there, um, I like this less than the three, but it feels like you don't like it quite as much. No, I made the line two, so I'm on the Steelers. Or sorry, two and a half, so I'm on the Steelers, barely. Oh, the Bills are only getting two. I, I can't take them. They're not getting the full two and a half. Okay. Uh, so I took the Steelers, but it was like a coin flip for me. But if you want to take the Steelers because they're your best bet, we can use them. I, I'm not, we have a couple like, options. I, I did though. take them. I just, yeah. I just think these are pretty – this is a pretty tight game. This is going to be a tough game. Yeah, we have a couple options, so we'll talk. Uh, Monday night, Colts plus nine at Saints. Uh, I laid the wood on this one. Saints bounce back. Uh, Colts might be one of those pack it in type uh, type type teams. So, Saints are really really good, man. They were impressive. Yeah, I, I find them a little less impressive, but but I still take the bounce back at home against the Colts. Who I agree, They're, the Colts made a good effort, but it's over for them. Right. So who impresses you though? I mean, like the Packers they're, they're I mean, are they any good? So like who, who, I mean, I don't know. I think it's obviously the East is a joke. So who, uh, what teams still... I think are good. The Niners, I think are the best team in the NFL, but I won't admit then... to saying that. I think the Niners are the best team in the NFL. I think the saints are pretty good. I think the Seahawks are not that good, but they're very dangerous because of Russell Wilson. And I think the uh, Rams are very, very dangerous all of a sudden. And we'll see if they get in the playoffs. I think it would be a better playoffs if they get in than the Vikings. I don't think the Vikings – I think the Vikings are solid, but I don't think they, they have upside. I don't think Cousins is mobile enough against the good defenses. I think he's really solid against weak defenses. But you get a, a tougher defense in there, and he just doesn't have the imp- improv skills to make it happen. I don't think the Packers have enough weapons. Their defense is getting a little soft. Uh, in some ways, the Bears would be more interesting than those teams in the playoffs. It would be a yeah, real long shot. In the AFC, obviously the Ravens are a very good team. And then after that, I think the Chiefs, just the talent level gives them you know, a puncher's chance against anyone. And then, and then Jeff brought this up, but I think the Titans would be the team that's, uh, if Henry doesn't have a hamstring problem and they got in, they could be a beast in bad weather. They could be an, uh, a nasty team to have to deal with. Yeah, for sure. No, I didn't realize the Vikings tied with the Chiefs for the fourth best point differential. So do you think um, you think that the New England's, they're, are they done? Or are they going to get it back together? You know, forget the, the whole controversy. But like their offense, like we've been here before, right? And then they have turned it around. But this just Not feels in different. Week like, 15. We usually like week four and we're like, what's going on yeah. with the Patriots? But I guess if they yeah, can turn it, it feels around different, week four, but to week eight then they could turn around from week 15 to the start of the playoffs. But I never count them out completely. But if they were to even make the Super Bowl, what an act of wizardry by Belichick. I mean, I just, I, I watch this team play and I'm like, this team sucks. I mean, this team is, yeah, their secondary is really good, but I mean, the rest of the team is just ordinary. I, you know, I mean, trick plays, special teams is a tough way to, you know, keep winning games. Yeah, I mean, it's like they, they're really relying on that. They're lucky they're executing those trick plays. If those things fail, they got nothing. I mean, that's the only way they're moving the ball even. I think Brady doesn't look too bad. I don't think it's really him. I think he's the same guy the last five years. I just think that they don't have weapons. They have nobody who can make a play. Edelman's their best receiver, and Edelman's he's a short pass catcher. You know, He's like a little short pass catcher. What's he going to do? He's not going to run after the catch. He's not going to beat you deep. He's not going to score a lot of touchdowns. They have no running game I at mean, all. 
I mean, you know, really, what you look at Jimmy Garoppolo out there at home against an OK Seattle D, and the difference between throwing to that Ross Dwelly and, and without Sanders leaving that game, you know, Monday night, and, and, and now you have Emmanuel Sanders and George Kittle. The difference is, you know, he's lighting it up. Like maybe this, the margins really is that the difference. You know, the 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 because you say it's system, so this maybe the difference is just those healthy weapons. The different, obviously, Kittle's a different. Is it not even? It's unclear if he's human or not. But you get Gronk. my point in general. He's Gronk with more point. speed, a little less size, a little less red zone, but more speed but and, you get my point in general just you know i mean it really might come down to just the wet maybe brady isn't done and it is just he's reached the worst weapons he's had in, in a long time yeah it's offensive line and weapons combined i mean that's in the system and the system is obviously fine you know mcdaniels knows what he's doing uh it's maybe not as good as she, but she, yeah you're right garoppolo struggled when his weapons went down and his offensive line was banged up i think for pocket passers they're more dependent on that the scramblers, the guys who can kind of run around back there and make something happen can sometimes overcome it. But yeah, I mean, I, I think when you're talking about Kirk cousins or Brady yeah. or Matt Ryan or Garoppolo, th- those guys like conditions are really, really important, important. for them. Yeah, no, so, for sure. Totally. All right. Okay. So what are we going with here? Um, Bengals. I marked Rams. I marked we bears, Redskins. What are you thinking here? I like Steelers. I'll, I'll do and bears and Redskins if you want. Yeah, I know you like the Redskins. Okay, so what are you thinking? Then you, you don't like the Steelers as much. Do you like the Cardinals more than the Steelers? I definitely want one of those two for sure. All right, well, it's up to you. I, you can use both if you even want, but I, I mean, I don't need to have the Redskins or the uh, or one of the others. But the, the only thing is, the Cardinals just make me nervous because they they've just been such shit. I mean, they should have yeah, beat the Steelers. They just I mean, they played so, and their defense is so bad. Last couple of times I've bet on them and I've watched their defense. I'm like, dude, this is just unacceptable. Like it's third and 12 and you just let a guy catch a 14 yard pass wide open. It's just absurd. You know, it just like lapses. So they make me nervous, but. And it, okay. I'll fight for the Steelers. I made it my best, best bet Sunday night. They'll cover that three. They'll do that. I mean, I like the, so, I put it this way. I was bigger on the Cardinals. I, I, I chose the Cardinals immediately when I saw the spread. I mean, it was like, I had the card. I had the Browns plus three is my spread <laughs> so uh i mean I'm, I'm way bigger and the steelers i had by half a point of a non-important point from two to two okay. and a half so i thought you were leaning the other way the way you were saying how bad the cardinals defense no, i just was i just watched the but, cardinals and it just tear i tear my hair out uh, I, I i really i don't so i mean i'm i'm fine i really um, i'm down with the Bengals, rams and you say bears and redskins so that fifth one then you want we don't have to use the bears either we could use we could use Bengals, rams redskins and you could use the steelers and cardinals but just don't fuck it up is all i'm saying Rams, it's just no bears. Yeah, who, yeah. I mean, in Green Bay, who knows? I mean, yeah. Okay. Well, who knows yeah. anything? You know, but I'm just saying, you got to know. That's the thing. Yeah, you do know. Okay, so Redskins, and I'll go the Steelers and Cardinals, and then your Seahawks. I'm saying is what it is. It is <laughs> exactly just like De Niro. Um, okay, for now, we're penciling in Redskins, Bengals, Rams, Steelers, Cardinals, and we'll be in, we'll be in All touch right. after the spreads come out. But you you better make sure that you better make sure on your end that the Cardinals and Steelers cover because this is fifteen k. Oh, absolutely, I know it matters now. I, I hear you. I will suffer do what the you got to do. I will suffer the the consequences. If you have to film a fake documentary to get the shit done, film that fake documentary. For sure. So speaking of uh, physical harm, lists uh, one thing I get to the random stuff here is uh, I, I hear you uh, you're going to possibly be training for six months to run a five minute mile. Okay, so this is totally ridiculous, but. I follow these like health guru guys on Twitter. This guy PD Mangan is like the best. I, the guy just just spits out like such useful information and a, a, a huge free resource on Twitter 
if you're interested in your health. P period D period Mangan M A N G A N. Totally recommend him. And then I follow this other guy who's a little more quirky, but I, I like him too. It's Guru Anaerobic is his handle. I think he's this British guy. The the British guy is like this jacked fifty eight year old athlete guy, and then the PD Mangan is just this like weightlifting jacked sixty four year old guy who used to be like a vegetarian or something, and he was like skinny and weak, and he started eating meat all the time and lifting weights and became this health guru. Anyway, I follow these dudes, and they're both very interesting, useful follows. And the guru anaerobic guy has all these regimens he does. And one of the things he said is, is give yourself like a, every so often, like a mega challenge. So I started thinking about that. I was like, man, five minute mile would be a mega challenge. I just started thinking about it. And then I got on this like Reddit page where it was like, people were saying, you know, anybody can run a five minute mile. You just have to train hard enough. And then other people like, no fucking way. It's really hard. I couldn't even run a, a seven minute mile right now. You know, I could probably run an eight, I think maybe seven and a half. I haven't tested it in a while. So I was talking to Draws about it and Jeff, and then it spilled onto the show. And then people started responding on Twitter. And then I started responding on Twitter. And then Rufus Peabody was on and Jeff asked him about it. And Rufus is like a runner. He used to be a runner. So he, he's like, sometimes I just get on the treadmill to see if I can still do a five minute mile. So like, he's like, for him, it's like no big deal. But I think in my life, maybe six is the fastest I've ever done. If that, so it would be a hell of a challenge at age 48, but uh, I'm thinking about uh, doing it. And then I had to, and then I bet this one guy, Phil Dusalt, who's an NFBC guy. Right. And he, he bet me, uh, it's only, it's, it's my 25 against his 50 and I got to hit 545. He offered 530. I said, dude, the five minutes that I threw out there was such a half-baked idea <laughs> that I can't really bet on that, even at two to one. But if you give me 545, I'll do it by June 30th. So I got to get some proper running shoes. I don't even have running shoes. And there's a track, apparently, public track out here. And my my plan is to, you know, I obviously can run 100 yards at a 12-mile-an-hour pace. That's what you need to do a five-minute mile. So then I'll run 125 yards at that pace. Then I'll run 150 yards. Then I'll run 100. You know what I mean? You can obviously run like, I mean, a five minute mile is fast for a mile, but it's not fast for a sprint. So you just kind of extend it. You keep running the same one a few, few days in a row and then you extend it 20 more meters and until you've, you've hit it. I don't know if that, that'll work, but that was, that's my tentative plan. Well, keep, keep us updated. I always dreaded running the most playing basketball. I just, I hated it. I have a buddy who runs a ton. He's ran like 55 miles in a day. And, uh, just, I learned all kinds of crazy stuff. Like these distance runners, they like drink like horrible stuff for you with like Coke, but without the caffeinated because like they need sugar. You just need constant sugar. You're burning so many calories. Anyway, old high school friend, I'm, uh, I'm going to see him during a Christmas. I'm definitely going to run this by him and ask what the odds of a 48 year old man, what's your, what's your BMI? I don't know what my BMI is. And BMI is bullshit. Cause like I've, I've like a lot of muscle and, well, okay. Okay. and bones, right. you know, it's like, it's like, I'm and not, I'm so, in shape. So I'm down to like 175, but for, there's guys who are like 6'1", 160, right. but they're not in better shape than me. They're just, they don't have muscles. But um, the premise is, can a normal average run, someone who's not a, you know, a, a, an everyday runner train for six months and get down to five minute mile if they train really hard is basically right. the, uh, the And I'm yeah. pretty fast in like a sprint, which will help me, I think, for something like that. Like I'm not, it's not going to be like running fast for me to go 12 miles an hour. Also, time I was wondering if I could do a five point oh forty, if I could still do that. I don't know if I mean I never really timed it, but in the NFL, like a four five is pretty fast, and like a quarterback's four seven, he's pretty fast for a quarter. You know, pretty mobile for a quarterback. I'm, I'm sure like five zero is 
it's still like, you know, I bet you like Brady runs like a five, two or something. So like, I want to see if I can do that, but that's the longest run in five years last week. He did 15 yards or something. Yeah, exactly. But like a five, a five Oh is either you can, or you can't, it's not like there's no, I mean, you could train a tiny bit, but like, right. You you either can or you can't, but uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I, I, I don't know that I can do it. I'm positive. I could do a six if I train, and yeah, I could probably, big difference like, though, right? Big difference oh, between five oh, and six, right? Yeah. Oh, Schuler was like, we were joking about it. He was like, it's like an earthquake scale between like a six and a seven. You know, like, <laughs> like the magnitude is logarithmic, so like it's exponentially bigger. It's not just fifteen percent bigger. It's like ten times as big. And of course, five to four. If you go from five to four, four is world class. I mean, you there's a handful right. of people in the world that can run a four. Right. Real, yeah, real, so man, ex- real man bets he can do a three though. Real man, yeah. I need to exercise more, and um, I asked for a rowing machine for Christmas. So it's probably too late now, but you're Mr. Gym guy. Like, is that, is that a mistake? What are your thoughts on rowing machines? If it gets me to work at all, you know, that's all I'm looking for. But what Only are your thoughts on that? A monkey would buy a rowing machine. Okay, let me just, What's just wrong say with that. that. Why is that? You're just going to say that no matter what, but why? I was going to say it just sounds okay. like a nutless monkey thing to do. Yeah, yeah. I'll just say this. I don't really like the gym. I do the bike uh, because it allows me to listen to podcasts about stuff. Sure. I, I rarely listen to fantasy podcasts. I listen to like Portuguese language podcasts and Bitcoin podcasts and stuff. I don't really. I listen How's to the language that, coming? Are you learning the language? Uh, you know, I gotta like commit to like some more lessons this winter because once football's over, because I can do a little bit, but I'm my my understanding is when they're speaking fast is not good. I pick out words. I, I'm good in context. Like if I'm in a restaurant or shopping or something, I totally understand because. I know what kinds of sounds I'm expecting, so my brain interprets them quickly. But if someone stops me on the street, which randomly happens a lot, and asks me for directions, I just can't speak to them. I'm like, now follow Portuguese. Because it's like, you know, it's, it's a different context where the words they could be asking are, you know, so variable that I, I just can't, right. my brain can't like narrow it down and understand them. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna get it, I think. That's another project I have, but yeah, I, I you know I feel like I only do exercise bike to listen to podcasts, yeah. and I've just been doing push-ups. Oh shit, I got to do some tonight. It's gonna be I, I do fifty push-ups in one go every other day, and fifty is hard, man. Like the last, it's uh, so hard, man. I plateau at thirty-five. It's crazy. I can't get yeah, yeah. It's yeah, I'm forty-eight, man. I do fifty. I've I've done up to fifty-five, but it's yeah. hard. It, it hurts the last four, like, and yeah. I dread. It. it takes one minute, but I'm like, oh, I got to do these push-ups. Yeah. So I do those yeah. every other day and I do some dips and some pull-ups, some sit-ups, but I don't really lift weights much and it's mostly there for the sauna. But the running, first of all, running's not great for you. Like you don't want to be running marathons and ultra marathons. That shit destroys you. But a mile at a fast pace, like training for that. And, and a lot of the stuff I read was like, you got to like jog many miles to get in shape or something like that. And I'm going to try to just do it by, as I said, working my way up, not down. Well, yeah, definitely keep us updated on that. I'm curious how how that goes, and I'll if I even I'll let you know. It. If I, I just pay, I could just pay machine. Phil off for 25 bucks and say it's not worth it. Yeah, but I, I want to <laughs> at least make it. I, I got to buy some shoes. That's the first step is to buy uh, some running shoes. I'm all for bets, you know, that are like you know for improving your your health. So that's good. Um, all right, so a couple recommendations: Marriage Story. Um, really enjoyed it on Netflix. Noah Baumbach's uh, movie, and then I saw it. oh, interesting. Okay, thoughts. I thought it was pretty good. I thought it was pretty tight. Like it was, if you ever want to see the real deal, like more intense is scenes from a marriage, the Bergman movie. It's an old movie. Ingmar Bergman. That shit is some deep, dark shit, but this was like legit. It was real. It felt real. And I thought it was good. I thought it was pretty good. 
Yeah, no, I guess the writer kind of actually did really happen to him. But um, yeah, no, it's, it was Jennifer Jason Lee, I think, is the is the Scarlett Johansson. But um, I liked it too. And then Parasite, I just saw uh, yesterday. Wife and I went in a, an art theater, a foreign movie. Definitely will not give that away whatsoever. But uh, highly recommend that as well, called Parasite. And my friend assures me that Magnus Carlson's Elo is better than Kasparov. So ah, just just saying right. that, uh, just saying that, and uh, that's all I got. Uh, I, I, I had to say that because I, I happened to catch, I think you even highlighted that in one of your tweets or something about my lack of chess knowledge. So I had to come back at you here. All right. Well, I respect that. I, I, I retract the statement about your chess knowledge. It was a libel against you. <laughs> I hope it, I don't think you can prove damages, any monetary damages from it, but I retract the statement that you have a embarrassing lack of knowledge about chess. Oh, thank you. That's a, that's a good apology list. Uh, you got anything else before we go? Um, good talks and let's, let's do this. This is actually the final, you know, the big three that we've been talking about. Let's win some money. If we win the 15 K that will, that will be really good. I, the only thing we should mention really quick is this whole, whatever OIG or whatever it is, the office of the inspector general, that whole report. You've been following this at all on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. You got to help me out on it. I, yeah. I, I don't, I don't go into all the deals. Ted Bell is the guy to, uh, follow his po- i'm sure he'll do a podcast and he predicted all this shit totally correctly the whole steel dossier was a total scam they knew that carter page had nothing to do with any of this while all the media was destroying him when they went to the fisa court to get permission to spy on these guys they knew it was bullshit they didn't uh put forth the exculpatory evidence to the court they misled the court and you know of course like all the reporters who lied and screwed this up were going to spin it a certain way but it seems pretty damning about not only the fbi violating all sorts of laws and protocols, but the media uncritically repeating stuff. And and I think then there's going to be another thing coming from the Justice Department where people get indicted. This was sort of the nonpartisan report on the origins of the whole Russiagate thing. And it is, I think if you look at it just, you know, in a nonpartisan way, it is very damning to the FBI and the, uh, and the mainstream media. So, I don't know if you're following that, but it's follow. Uh, you can follow Ted Bell on that. You can follow uh, this yeah, one. I, follow, I um, listen to all his, Ted Bell's podcasts. I listen every time he comes out with one. It's always good. Those are good. And then Molly Hemingway, I believe, at MZ Hemingway. I've been following her tweets. She's a Republican, so take that for what it's worth. But she seems pretty reasoned and sticking with the facts. Um, so there are a couple. Michael Tracy has had some good commentary on it. Glenn Green. Well, I mean, what? What do you make? Okay, so the FBI and the media. I mean, what, I mean, what do, we, what do we make? What does that mean? Like, what do you, how, how do well, we? I mean, the that? FBI like basically just uh, spied on Carter Page, and they threw this guy into the bus and made his life hell, and smeared him when he was completely innocent, and they knew he was innocent, and they were just doing it to get a guy who was involved in the Trump campaign, and they spied. They had people wear wires to go talk to the Trump campaign. They they were spying on a presidential campaign who later became a president. And there was no probable cause because the, the thing that basically started the whole uh, FISA, uh, FISA permission to do that was the Steele dossier, which ended up being completely unsubstantiated. So they, they basically had this fake, fake reason for getting the permission to do all this illegal spying on a presidential candidate and a lot of the people in the campaign. Yeah. And that's, that's pretty scary, right? I mean, the, yeah, that's not the guy's running for president and the people are choosing who they want to choose, rightly or wrongly. And the FBI is getting involved in interfering, not because there's a real threat because a foreign you know, power has dirt on this guy, but because somebody made that up. 
And they knew it was bullshit, or they should have known it was bullshit. And then the media just was wrong about this because they just basically printed whatever the uh, intelligence agencies and FBI told them to print. And, you know, MSNBC obviously employs a lot of those guys from, they employ a lot of those CIA and FBI people. So they're just basically spouting disinformation on the air. You, you basically have an agency that's not, I mean, what the FBI is not supposed to be doing this. And it's, uh, it's a, it's a dangerous thing when, you know, the democratic process is being subverted by one of the intelligence agencies. You know, that sounds extremely scary. And what is the answer to that? How does that even well, stop? Well, the answer is, is some of these guys should go to jail. And I think some of them will. And Ted Bell, I want him to put out his, uh, his props for right. you know, the odds for each of these right. people, McCabe or some of these, I don't know. I, you know, I don't know all the details as well as, as, as Ted Bell does, or some of the people who really read the reports and dig into it. But it sounds like some of this stuff is, is, you know, felonies. These are felonies. And, um, at the very least, like Carter Page probably has a massive civil suit that he could bring, but there's really no apologies or retractions from the media after this. They just spin it and deny and spin and deny. And it's interesting if there's ever going to be a reckoning for the people who peddled this stuff that's just proven to be completely wrong. That the you know the yeah there's just so much it goes it ties into the impeachment hearings and you know Schiff was misrepresenting things all along and now he's in charge of this new thing and. I mean, most people are paying what, attention. What's going to gonna happen this, on the impeachment hearings? What's going to happen on that? I don't know. I, don't, I have no idea. Maybe he'll be impeached by the Democrats, and then the Republicans will laugh at it in the Senate, and that'll be that, and probably get reelected because they were focusing on something nobody cares about. This yeah. Ukrainian phone call, it isn't even really a thing. And maybe it's, you know, I could be wrong. It doesn't seem like a real thing, but even if it were a thing, nobody really cares. And I think it's a huge disaster for them, but it's like OJ. Once he wasn't found guilty, then he had to pretend to find the real killers because what would you do if you were not guilty and you were maintaining that you didn't do the crime? What would you say? You say, oh, I got to find the people who really did this horrible thing to my ex-wife. They've got to go through with this because they've been talking all this shit right. for so long. They got to pretend right. like it's legit. What else are they going to do? It's too late to walk right. it back. They should just say, I'm so sorry. This is such a stupid idea. It was a bad policy. We tried to steal the election. It didn't work. It was a stupid idea. And you know what? Trump's got a lot of things that are terrible. He's done. He pardoned this psychopath Navy SEAL guy who killed a bunch of people. He's taken away food stamps and stuff from people. You know, there's a lot of things we don't like, and we're going to make sure we have better policy. I mean, they they could do that, but they're not going to do that. Shit. They're not going to they're not going to take the L on this whole thing. But it's you know when you don't take the L, someone hands you the L and like tapes it to your face. And I think that's probably what's going to end up happening. Right. All right. On that note, no L's for us this week. No. Nope. Five and oh, man. All right, man. All right, dude. Take it easy, dog. Right. Later, listen.